0: There it is. We are here. We are back. It's another beautiful week. And uh, you know what? Today, we're getting kinky with it. We're going to have some fun talking about what is good. You know what? All kinds of things. It's going to be great. You all just tune in. We're going to have fun. Here we go. Practicing Polyamory. Real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the practicing polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community enjoy the show all right all right sometimes i'm gonna get myself you know yeah, back up been going. It's Monday. What can I say? But you know what? I love it. It's the best day of the week because I get to come back to do this to talk to more awesome, amazing people. But before we jump in and chat with today's guest, I want to quickly remind everybody that we do three live shows every single week, every single week, which means there's a lot of opportunity for you to ask questions. If you have any questions about your relationships, if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs or comment while we're live. You can find us everywhere. Follow us on all social media platforms at Practicing and let me know what you'd like us to talk about. As always, I want to show uh, shout out one more and uh, shout out one more reminder for all of you. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. We're here to share our imperfect stories, and I want to get as many voices as possible to speak here because I know that the more stories we hear, the more others will see us in in themselves. And the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com and sign up today. All right, everybody, that's my spiel. Now to the best part of the show. Let's introduce our guest. (laughs) Our guest today is of the belief that kink is not only normal, but when done ethically, it can be healthy, healing, and generative to relationships of all kinds. As a mental health provider who believes you are the expert in your own life, our guest provides the tools, resources, and skills to meet you where you are and guide your footing along your kinky journey. Our guest is gender, poly, and kink affirming. And whether you're dipping your toes into kinky exploration, or if you're a seasoned kinkster, or maybe you're working through breaches of trust and kink slip-ups, Either way, our guests can help you find the path to becoming who you want to be. I'm super excited to chat today with this nerdy, geeky, anti-racist, decolonialist, world traveler and therapist. So without further ado, joining us today from unceded Kachanaxa Cynics and Okanagan Territories, otherwise known as Nelson, British Columbia, the nerdy therapist, themselves. Welcome to the show what, Daniel. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, we're up. We're walking. We're rolling. Tell me everything I need to know about the nerdy therapist. Ready? Um, yeah. So when it's... It did... <laughs> That's,
1: That's no pressure, it. right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> counseling, mostly because there was, from where I was sitting, a lack of kind of poly, kinky, LGBTQ representation Mm -hmm. in mental health and counseling and through doing my master's, also kind of tuned into the fact that a lot of us are pretty nerdy and have our things that we geek out over. And there's a lot of ways in which that can be pulled into therapy and make it so much more fun because who wants to sit there and talk about their problems when <laughs> we can play games and figure out the problems through playing games or nice. you know, talking about characters in TV shows, movies, et cetera that have mm-hmm. resonated and why, and then draw the parallels from that to personal life.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna start with that because that is super interesting for me. Uh, being mm-hmm. a nerd myself, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my fandom, my biggest fandom is gonna be the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How do you feel about that topic? Great. Great. So tell me uh, some of the lessons that you've learned from maybe some of these characters and how you've incorporated it into your therapy practice.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to be a terrible geek right now and not be able to pull the movie title off the top of my head, but... That's cool. um, You give me
0: a reference, I got you.
1: The (laughs) Thor movie, in which he really has that kind of mental health slide with drinking and everything else at the yeah, beginning yeah. and then rises from that. That's a really great one to even watch with clients who are experiencing addictions and just kind of mm. talk through how universal so much of those experiences can be and how you know withdrawing and isolating can ultimately underscore and enhance a lot of the challenges. In that, in
0: recovery, and for sure, for sure. But uh, so you're talking about Endgame, yeah, right? Which is one of the one of the latest Newer ones, yeah. Um, and what I love about Thor's story in that, uh, the the part that always stands out to me is mm-hmm. even though he's going through all of that, even though he's depressed and you know he's fat Thor now, and he's not the ripped toned you know, hero that that he was five years prior, he still holds out his hand, and Mjolnir and, comes to him yeah. and because he's still worthy. Yeah. So all of this depression, all of these things don't okay. make us unworthy, right? Totally, 100%. Totally, totally. All right, so tell me a little bit more about uh, yourself. Um, what is it that inspired you? I mean, you said that there wasn't a lot of Kink and polyam representation in mm. the therapist world, as you saw it. Yeah. So, what made you? What made you choose therapy at all?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of interesting for me. I found probably for the last close to twenty years at this point, I've been that person for my friends, acquaintances, mm-hmm. family whenever they're going through something whether it's relationship-based or not, I'm the person that they come to and are like, oh, can you like give some insight on this? And I find helping people to be really generative. End of the mm-hmm. day, going home, I don't feel like I spent a day working. I right. feel like I connected with people in different ways. And it's fabulous if it's a good session in which they end up feeling better. and. Not every session mm-hmm. is that way, but it's something that ultimately energizes me and brings me joy. And doing that in the niche that I do also means that I get to kind of nerd out on things that I have fun talking about anyway. So.
0: <laughs> and get <laughs> totally paid for like it. That. And get paid for it. You can't, yeah. Lose. can't no. lose. So let's get into that niche. Let's talk yeah. about, uh, you know, you are focusing on kinky polyam folks. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the topic that we picked today was the healing power of kink. Yeah. So let's, let's get into, uh, you know, kink. And let's start, I think, by demystifying, mythifying, That's whatever, yep. right? Um, talk about some of the things that some of the some of the common myths around mm. kink, and why they're not true.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um ultimately, my opinion of it and other people will likely have differing perspectives and that's fine much like polyam in terms of configurations everybody has Mm -hmm. their different pieces um i think there's a big misconception that kinks something that's super taboo Mm a lot of lack of safety and something that just you know normal people don't do right and we're not supposed to talk about and is something that in many ways gets a bad rep around consent Mm -hmm. and that kind of misconception as well that it can be or is inherently a tool for abuse and Mm -hmm. that's very far from it when done well right though like any tool out there or thing out there it can be misused
0: for sure for sure i mean there there are definitely instances where kink scenes or or kink relationships you know ds relationships can go from healthy to abusive uh Um, but that's that's not the norm right
1: not the norm and it's very much like small subset of it i found in working with kinky people and having that as part of my lifestyle Um, A lot of it's healing and Mm -hmm. they're almost a level up in terms of consent, negotiation, communication, and all of that. And Polyam is very similar in terms of both of those. But
0: yeah. Yeah. Both of these are all about communication. Yeah right? It's all about this is what I'm into, this is what I'm not, this is mm-hmm. the type of relationship that I want, this is the type that I don't, this is the type of yeah. sex that I want, this is the type that I don't, right? A lot of this this open communication. So when we're having these kinds of conversations, when we have these such open lines of communication, how does it go wrong?
1: Yeah, I think ultimately the ways that that can go wrong are when people aren't necessarily clear on what they want or need Mm -hmm. or with people who have a history of trauma, not necessarily knowing that or knowing Mm -hmm. their triggers and ending up in a space of feeling really unsafe because, oh shit, (laughs) this thing exists in my life and I didn't know that that was going to be hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if that person's in subspace as well, dealing with coming out of that
0: in a way that holds the person where they're at,
1: while also acknowledging
0: the challenge. Oh, this is this is fantastic. We have not had uh, this conversation on the show yet, Yeah. so let's dive into this. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's start by defining what is subspace, and let's talk about some healthy ways of. I guess, going in and out of it.
1: Mm. Yeah. So it's going to look different for a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. For some people, it feels kind of like going on a trip in terms of whether it's psychedelics or hallucinogenics and coming out feeling like that crash.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Ultimately, subspace, just kind of as a general, is that feeling of disconnect from reality. And slower mental process is not necessarily having full body awareness as well. So being touched when in subspace or having an interaction that you're not expecting can be really jarring.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, In terms of navigating it, ultimately, there's not a lot one can do or know in terms of going into it for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: a lot of the time that first experience is kind of like unexpected, but gives new awarenesses or in terms of like, okay, this is how my body responds when I'm suspended or mm-hmm. have just had a heavy impact session. And these are the pieces that I need to be aware of in future in terms of coming out of it. Often that's a lot of aftercare Mm-hmm. and once again aftercare will look different depending on the person for some people that's physical touch cuddling just being held in that a uh, lot of kind of big emotions can come up whether that's grief excitement sadness you name it um just because it's a lot of chemicals that mm-hmm. have gone through the entire system there's a bit of a like Adrenaline hit, dopamine, right. serotonin, all of it. So much like a trip, in other words, um, yeah. that kind of whole up and then down and out. And yeah. other pieces in terms of like navigating it when coming out or coming down from it is, you know, acknowledging much like love languages. Mm. Each person is going to need something different. For some people, that's going to be a like, let's have a cup of tea and talk about what happened or, you know, can you go get me my favorite blanket and
2: Mm
1: -hmm. bring me chocolate and I'm good or (laughs) whatever. And so that's also a conversation to have, like if going into a more intense scene, knowing what is needed after as well as during. So some people go nonverbal during and having that conversation around consent is also like, okay, if you're nonverbal, what's your yes? What's your no? What's the like we should check in and see if things need to be adjusted? And often that's going to be hand signals, mm-hmm. common ones tapping out. Whether that's you know three to whatever body part the person in subspace can reach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also knowing that that's not necessarily even possible depending on the level of subspace reached, and so having those consent conversations and negotiations before entering is paramount.
0: I'm, I'm just like listening to you and this is my reaction, right?
1: It's
0: just, it's, it can really be so intense. One of the things Mm -hmm. that you, that you mentioned was a disconnect, Mm -hmm. right? I'm thinking like I'm in the moment and then next thing, you know, I'm in outer space right and there's just this this disconnect brain to body Mm. and uh i I imagine that's uh you know very like a cathartic type of feeling like that 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 can be a very good feeling Mm. to be able to release that way yeah um so let's talk about a little bit about about how that works uh, yeah. we've got all of these chemicals that you're talking about, the serotonin, the dopamine, the endorphins, all yeah. of this stuff is going on in our brains, the adrenaline, et cetera, and so mm-hmm. on. Um, but our 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 minds are disconnected from our bodies in, in those moments. So so as good as those chemicals are,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? What what is the the potential for healing that's going on in my body during these kinds of scenes, during these kinds of yeah. experiences?
1: Yeah, so with that, a lot of it, as I have kittens run circles around me in my living room, it's great. Um, I love a it. lot of it's that full surrender to whatever's happening. And so much like in DS dynamics in general, the sub in many ways having the control and mm-hmm. the choice of engaging and giving over full control can Mm -hmm. be the piece that helps facilitate healing when someone needs a lot of control or has past traumas around losing their power. Mm -hmm. Choosing the scenarios and situations in which they can give it up while still having some level of control and understanding is
0: really big. Yeah, totally. It feels like that's um a very general like uh-huh. overview idea of of how that works and i I, I get that I've heard that before, yeah. you know um where let's say for example, somebody was um sexually assaulted at one point and i've I've heard stories of like recreating yeah. that experience yeah. right so like, but but that's still like i don't know me thinking about mm-hmm. it i'm like why would i want to recreate that like that sounds horrible right but other people do that mm-hmm. in in these kinds of dynamics yeah and they find healing in it can you help me understand that
1: yeah for sure so with that often it's going back to that i'm choosing this for myself and so entering it from an empowered perspective um trigger warning regarding sexual assault coming up. If people want to, you know,
2: thank you.
1: wait a couple seconds um, with that. So if somebody was abused by multiple people at a party, they might choose to, as an example, like a woman was assaulted by two or three guys, mm-hmm. engage in essentially unempowered gangbang. Mm-hmm. And do that in a way where they're in control of the situation. They're asking for what they want and they're mm-hmm. getting that. And
0: you know, other obviously that's one example of it. So let's let's situation stick like to that. that. Let's, yeah. let's stick to that one example. Cause I just I like wanna dig deep into mm-hmm. how this works. Because to me, again, I'm still in this mindset where yeah, like something Why bad. I do that? To me. Yeah. Somebody somebody like fucked me yeah. up right? Like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. But I, I, okay, so I I get that I'm, I'm being empowered Mm -hmm. by putting myself in that position again. But like, I'm still in that position again. And I don't know, like, maybe there's a disconnect for me here, Mm -hmm. where I'm trying to figure out how does how does being in that situation and, and I guess holding the power? Yeah, Like what does that do for, for me mentally? Yeah, that that
1: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so with that, it's kind of a through the fire moment, if that makes sense, where with some trauma and really depends on the person, some people re-exposing or re-experiencing is like, we're not gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole. Mm -hmm. Others find it really helpful and in a situation like that, going through it and experiencing different, is what makes it possible to heal. So it's going through it and being like, okay, I'm fine. That was fun. And what's next instead of going through and having that same experience of like, I have zero control in this,
2: Mm. I don't want
1: to be here. When is it going to end? Also like not doing subspace Mm -hmm. or entering that zone while doing that because In that way, it also provides the opportunity to be fully present. Often with sexual assaults, there's a dissociation that happens where once it hits a certain point, the person checks out. And so making sure that that element's not being
0: brought in. Oh, I imagine that that's kind of hard to figure out without trial trial and error. It can be. Yeah. There 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 might be situations where you hit that trigger and all of a sudden it's like, Oh crap, I gotta back out.
1: Yeah. Safe word time. Yep. Lots of aftercare. Mm-hmm. Check in and acknowledge that yeah, like part of these explorations, whether it's as a healing process or part of lifestyle in general play mm-hmm. is that acknowledgement that sometimes things don't go the way we want them to. And mm-hmm. Having that conversation as well, if it's a new partner, being like, okay, like, how do we want to
0: handle the fuck ups in this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so so I, I have a pretty good understanding of that. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like, there's there's, there's this freeway exit uh, here here in San Diego that yeah. like it was like the first date of my first love, right? Mm-hmm. And so like every time I pass by it, like I recognize and I remember you know being with somebody else and I'm like I need to rewrite this memory let's go to this exit and like hang out there or whatever yeah it didn't work no right so yeah that's why I'm like I- I'm trying to figure it out um yeah. but but in this instance it's like rewriting it in a way that the person that was assaulted actually mm-hmm. has the control of the situation and that is, people do find that helpful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What about in situations where, I mean, this is just, you know, yeah. people who have who have gone through some kind of assault like that. What about others who haven't gone through any kind of assault? Like, what kind of, what kind of healing is mm-hmm. available through yeah. creepy relationships that doesn't have to do with somebody, you know, fixing a traumatic event like that?
1: Totally. Um, for some people, it's, playing more with power dynamics. And so someone who might be really dominant at work, whether that's, you know, a boardroom CEO or someone who's running their own business and doing that might want to be really submissive in the bedroom or in kink because it's then an opportunity to check out not be the one having to do all the things, track all the things. Mm -hmm. And so finding that kind of lifestyle balance Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: in it. Um, For other people with rope, for instance, there's, if it's just even floor work or binding options, there's healing or comfort in having the, the senses heightened because your body becomes very aware that like, okay, I am essentially unable to run away or defend myself if something happens and that kind of sharpening of the mind.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: So there's that, others, there's healing in terms of impact because for some people that can bring out emotions or grief that isn't, able to be tapped in without physical oh. pain element. So hitting a certain pain threshold can essentially trip the like, OK, I'm now bawling and just need to be held, because that was essentially what needed to happen for me to
0: feel right. OK, being open and transparent. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about I, I've all right, so so growing up, you know, I get told that boys don't cry, right? Yeah. Those machos no lloren, right? That's what yeah. my grandpa always said. And so, so you know, I grew up with this idea of just men don't cry and it wasn't until, you know, I mean, I was still an emotional kid anyway, yeah. and I've just been getting more and more comfortable with that idea,
2: mm. but
0: for, for those men who continue to hang on to it, and I, I, I mean, men are just the one that, that, that get told yeah. this, um like getting into this kind of relationship and 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 getting to that point of that Mm. that pain threshold could give them the opportunity to let that emotion Mm. out because there is i've found power and and healing in that for sure yeah so that's super cool um let's see uh subspace dom space is there such a thing as dom space
1: it's different i haven't heard mm-hmm. it used in that way before, or like that term before but there definitely can be that high of having power and control or mm-hmm. feeling like one does um which i think in some ways comes out more if it's a switch dynamic because mm-hmm. there's the play between the two that really enhances the experience of both but ultimately there can be that kind of rush of I get to do what I want to this mm-hmm. person in front of me who is fully consenting to, you know, X, Y, Z, and right. having play within that.
0: So you haven't heard uh, that term Dom space, mm-hmm. but you have heard Dom drop. Yeah. Can we talk about that a little bit? Cause I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, we had the subspace, and and we know that if we get too far on uh, in subspace, then our sub is going to need to tap out, and and there's going to be that aftercare that's going to be needed. Um, yeah. Dumb drop basically the same, but I I got to think that there are some kinds of differences in the way that you might mm-hmm. approach um, the the healing or or, or the aftercare.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a fascinating topic to get on because as doms I think there's that kind of perception that they need to be the rock and so feeling the pressure to take care of aftercare on their own or even potentially with someone else Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and feeling like oh I have have to go like do the thing on my own because I can't put this on the other person who Mm -hmm. I've just topped. Um, And so that kind of shame piece around it, I think it's also quite common to end up feeling a lot of shame anyway afterwards, especially if playing with more of the edges around kink and ending up in that kind of like, oh, God, what did I just do? Right, right. Um, So playing more with the like shame and guilt side of things as the drop than The chemical side of things, Mm -hmm. but there is still the chemical drop.
0: There is actually like there. There can be it
1: depends on how like power high Mm -hmm. the person gets, Um, but there there can be that kind of like did all the things that was a lot of fun, and now I'm back to engaging in like every day, whatever, and feeling that kind of sense of
0: loss mm-hmm. in many ways. Ooh. Ooh, tell me more, what a sense of loss.
1: Yeah. So I think ultimately both Dom drop and subspace and subdrop can experience similar things in that regard because it gives such a like complex range of emotions or chemicals Mm -hmm. there's that potential to after a session feel like there's something missing or feel that kind of deep sense of grief and loss Mm -hmm. much like a really intense session between the sheets can bring up that kind of like oh that was a lot and now what do i need and that kind of figuring out. And also something that I didn't mention earlier with both of those, mostly more the sub drop side of things, um, that can last a really long time for some people. So for some people that's Mm. a like, you need to check in with me 24 and 48 hours from now because I'm still gonna be emotionally raw and potentially need things from you. Um, other people don't need anything. They're like, no, that was great. I'm fine now. (laughs) See you next time we hang out. And so that kind of, once again, spectrum of experience. And some people will have that like, okay, I'm fine. I don't need anything. Mm -hmm. And then that hundredth time, realize this is the time that I'm gonna need stuff and not necessarily have it scheduled in, which is interesting as well. Cause to not have the aftercare
0: aftercare schedule, you mean?
1: Yeah. So if there's that pattern of like, okay, I don't need aftercare, whether it's a dom or sub, um, I don't need it. I don't need it getting into a routine of being like, okay, so if I don't need it, then we can just schedule the session or Mm
2: -hmm.
1: whatever, and then move into day-to-day activities or, you know, go separate ways and then end up in that like one off or a couple times where, it is needed and realize that the time's not there. Mm, right. And so
0: navigating that as well. Got it, got it. Making, making those uh, those exceptions when when that comes up. Yeah. Um, go ahead.
1: Um. Or that being the beginning of a conversation. Once again, communications. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> we answered everything. Hey. So this came up for me after you left and wondering if there's like a half hour contingency plan we could have or whatever in case it's needed in future and more often than not it's gonna be like totally
0: makes sense oops yep yep i love it um one of the things that you were talking about as we were Mm. having this discussion uh around dom drop is that there's a lot of shame uh for the dom and uncertainty fear anxiety whatever uh when it comes to expressing those needs Mm. so speaking directly to those doms Mm-hmm. that are experiencing the drop and are afraid to reach out for whatever reason, what do we? What do you wanna to say to them?
1: Yeah, I think it's being really clear with yourself what you need in those moments. And so that might be having a conversation with the sub and it might mean you have to take care of their needs first and then have a conversation about like, hey, this is what came up for me in this session what was your experience of it and working through that way. It might also be if it's a sub that's not comfortable having that conversation with you, having that list of, you know, one to five friends that, you know, you could either meet up with right after or call and essentially debrief Mm -hmm. or have a couple session, whatever is needed. Um, So almost creating kind of that emotional safety plan Yeah, and having that on hand.
0: Yeah, it sounds like uh, maybe a little bit of building community.
1: Yeah, it's totally okay to be experiencing all of that. It's normal. It's not a like personal thing that's just you. And mm-hmm. also that acknowledgement that a lot of aspects of BDSM fall outside of those societal norms, whether that's you know marking impact in whatever form, knife play, blood play, etc. And so having those, should have trigger warning that, sorry, Um, having those kind of conversations and also acknowledging that like, yeah, we have a lot of pressure societally to essentially conform and anything that falls outside of that has the potential to bring up a lot of shame, guilt, and to some degree repression, Mm -hmm. especially at the beginning of exploring things, just realizing like, I don't feel comfortable doing this or feeling into that and finding that line of like, okay, is this just kind of fantasy in my head or is this something I genuinely
0: want to work through and engage with? Got it. So while this has been very enlightening, very Mm -hmm. fun uh, and 30 minutes passed by a lot faster than I realized. Uh, so before we head out of here, I yeah. just wanna ask you uh, if there is anything that I missed, if there's anything that you mm-hmm. wish I had asked, uh, or if not, some final thoughts for the audience.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think there was anything really missed. Obviously it's kind of a cursory glance at, Oh yeah. What this is, and um, we only got
0: thirty minutes here. We
1: only have thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> this is like a multi-day workshopping event. Um, yeah,
0: totally.
1: <laughs> with that said, I think underscoring that it's normal, it's fun, and also that kind of communication piece of let's talk about safety, let's talk about the risks, let's do all the like boring things or things Mm -hmm. that keep us out of this space before we're in it. And then being in it means that there's so much more possible. Having the even like, yes, no, maybe conversation or list Mm -hmm. as -hmm. well, because that can also open up opportunities.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a great conversation starter at least. Um, Last thing that I want to ask you Mm. uh, is if somebody wants to work with you, What's the best yeah. way for somebody to get in touch with you?
1: Um, probably email, currently. Uh, website is being updated with booking links, but currently the booking link will just redirect the email.
0: Got it. Uh, should people follow you?
1: They certainly can. Happy to engage in all things kinky, polyam, and neurodiverse on social media.
0: And where can they find you?
1: They can find me at the nerdy therapist on instagram um, at swa daniels on facebook with the nerdy therapist as the title it's a black and white logo set of glasses as the icon and website the nerdytherapist.com
0: perfect all right so well like i said it has been an absolute pleasure to get to know you a little bit to chat with you some uh and to dig into all these things about kink. It's been great. That's good. Thank
1: you so much for your time today and
0: the thank opportunity to you. Thank you for hanging out. I really appreciate it. And thank you as always to our live audience for tuning in today. Uh, as a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruption. but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live right here, Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time or Sign up for Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is you download your podcast. If you haven't already, please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you one last time to the Nerdy Therapist. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. And until the next time, everybody. Have a nice day!